Hey there, thrifters. This episode today is brought to you by Wagner Spray Tech. So some of you may not know this. Uh, actually, I don't think any of you know this. Uh, I am actually helping my uh, mother out with a project um, within the house. Uh, we are actually going to be painting one of the rooms. And fun fact, I have never painted any wall in my life. <laughs> my dad always took care of it, or we hired someone. So I was really excited when um, Wagner Spray Tech got in touch with me because they wanted to sponsor the podcast, but also they have this item called the Flexio Paint Sprayer. And let me just tell you guys about it because I'm so excited to start using it. Um, it is designed for painting or staining walls, furnitures, cabinets, all that fun stuff. It's a sprayer. It's not a brush. So it's 10 times faster than any brush that I would ever use. The spray paints and stains are right from the can. More paint control than me taking a brush or roller and rolling it all over the place, right? It's great for indoor projects and outdoor projects. So now my brain's starting to go with some outdoor projects that I can help my mom with. And then eventually when I have my own home and the cleanup is super easy. So I'm really excited to try this product. Stay tuned for the next episode because I will be using the product and I'll tell you guys all about it. So um, if you guys are interested in maybe looking at the item and seeing what it's all, all about, I'm gonna leave the link in the show notes down below so you guys can get a Flexio's paint sprayer yourself. Now let's get back to the show. Hello everyone and welcome to Thrifters Villa, a podcast for resellers and entrepreneurs. I'm Daniela. And I'm Lori, and today we are, you guessed it, unscripted. <laughs> I think this <laughs> might be our style going forward. Yeah, I, it, I think it leaves room for us to chat about different topics and veer off in different directions, which we like to do, right, Lori? Right. Um, so for today's topic that we were winging, um, Daniela and I, no, we weren't winging it. We actually talked about this. This is just the direction we wanted to go in. We wanted to merge our latest content that we've been putting out there on Instagram and YouTube together. Yeah. So if you follow Lori and I on social media, you know that I've been putting out informative quick tips on reselling, business organization, social media, and lots of topics focused around the business of reselling. And I have been putting content out, uh, I've been putting out content focused around my process and how I'm getting my business organized, heading into quarter four, like all the steps that I'm taking. And the series is called From the Store to Your Door. And I'm just kind of chronicling my crazy ways. I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of great content coming your way, friends. So sit back and enjoy. And Lori had agreed and said that's how her brain works too. So I don't know, maybe we're on to something. Well, I was saying that a lot of people, there are people that do their inventory system that way. Like it's like a first in, first out bin sort of thing. Like when things come through the door, they they add them to that bin. But then I think what happens is that as that bin get, lightens, you know, as that bin empties out as you sell stuff, do you wait for it to be completely empty or do they just add things? And I don't know. I yeah. guess you just keep adding things or you just like, I switch the stuff to another bin. I literally switch it to like, this is older stuff. It goes into the older stuff bin. I have like six, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine bins, but three are shoes. Um, I have a lot of shoes. Yeah. A lot of them. I mean, I'm still categorizing my stuff according to category, you know, so I have a button down shirt bin. I have, jeans in one section. I have sweaters in one section. Then I divide them by color. I go like light to dark from left to right. That's mean. very analytical of you. Oh, is it? Oh gosh. I'm like the least analytical person ever. Are you being facetious? Are you making yes. fun of me? I don't know. You know, I'm approaching 2000 sales. I'm, I want to hit 2000 sales by my second. I have no anniversary. idea how many sales I have. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I don't know, it's working for me, you know, it's not the best, but it's I think working. everyone's inventory system just depends on how 
it like it works differently for everyone. I look at some people and I envy their inventory system and how it's numbered and lettered and you know it's everything that I would imagine I would want and then I don't know if I'd actually do it. Like I don't know if I'd be able to keep up with it. You know what I mean? I I don't know. I don't know. I think it's like brushing your teeth. I think it's like anything else. Uh, um like for example with the um you know, the private section of Poshmark, now that you can include your cost of goods, I mean, that has been a total game changer for me because when I print out my sales report, it has my cost of goods. I mean, that was my big thing with Jay is he would sit down and be like, you need to record like how much these things are costing you before I did a spreadsheet, you know? And, um, and now it's in every single listing. So I just do it when I do my listing, I pop that down. I say what my cost of goods was and I say where I purchased it. And in that same section is a, is a skew section. So yeah. I imagine if you have that type of an inventory system, you just pop in what bin it goes in and it just, you know, it just becomes part of the process. It's just not part of mine yet. I will say that I've been doing that, adding the cost of goods into my listing since we talked about it. I mean, it's great too, when you get offers from people, because you can go in and say, well, let me see what I paid for this. And, you know, when you have a lot of items, you forget sometimes what you've paid for things. So it's nice that I don't have to pull out a spreadsheet or whatever. I can just look at the listing as in real time as someone likes it and see what I paid before I accept an offer or make a counter or whatever. It's, it's just a really nice piece of information to have at your fingertips. Yeah. Yeah. So I've definitely been utilizing, and it's on the sales report and inventory report, which is nice too, because I use- Yeah, and it factors in, it does the math for you. So if you put your cost of goods in and then you give a discount, like say you give discounted shipping and Poshmark takes their 20%, it gives you what your net is in your sales report, which is why people like me don't really need a highly sophisticated spreadsheet. Right. Right. <laughs> somebody else is doing the work for me. I don't have to actually do it. So it's- <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is there are, there are setbacks because, you know, I started my business in August of 2018 yeah. and this didn't get implemented until December of 19. So I still have pieces in my inventory that when I entered them, this feature wasn't available, but that's, I'm, you know, I'm updating it as I, um, relist things. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's what I do too. As I'm relisting, I'm like, Oh no, I got to put in the cost of goods. Exactly. And my go-to cost of goods right now is $5 because honestly, at it really is where I land Same. 95% of the time. Like, yeah. you know, if I pay up for stuff, if I get a couple of things for a dollar or two, I feel like I always land somewhere around $5 and I always land around $30 average selling price. Like it hasn't changed. I should probably try to move the needle a little bit, you know, with the average selling price. But I mean, that's just where I'm landing. So yeah. when in doubt now, I don't even kill myself over it. I just write $5. Yeah. I mean, if that's average, that's at the, if that's the average of what you're spending, then there's no reason to go crazy over it. Yeah. I mentioned in my video today, the exception is when I pay up for something. So like when I went to on my, my thrift thing, I paid up for a pair of Tory Burch at the register because like, if you yeah. spent a hundred dollars, you get $10 off. And I was at 92. So I'm like, give me the Tory Burch and they were $20. So, you know, I paid up for those. Um, so essentially I got 10% off with that discount. So they were $18. I want to know that in my cost of goods. I don't really want to include that with everything else and mark that $5 because if they only sell for 40 bucks, right? I, you know, like then I'm probably not going to buy those next time. So sometimes I do pull certain items out and average everything else that are more run of the mill. But if I'm paying up for a piece or two, I kind of want to know that in my cost of goods just to see where my profit margin is. Yeah, I've definitely been doing that with like the retail arbitrage stuff that I've been getting. Like I'm putting exact of what I Oh, for sure, retail arbitrage. Because we're paying up, right? So yeah. Yeah. So um, we have a few other points here, I guess, that we want to touch upon. Um, So Lori, have you been making any adjustments with your business just in case our states decide to shut down again, which is a real possibility, like just throwing it out there, just because Rhode Island, Massachusetts are in a good place doesn't mean that that could all change in the next like two to three months. I mean, I battle all that by just shopping a whole yeah, hell of a lot. I was going to say, I'm just shopping. <laughs> it's like, I'm good. I'm really good. I am prepared for another shutdown. Let me just say, no, I'm not like that behind the eight ball, but yeah. honestly, Danielle, I just always feel like there's there's just always something I can grab and go. And, you know, the online sourcing is an option, which, you know, you, you should speak to that because you've been 
I, I've been enjoying like poking around online, but I, for me yet, I haven't found a rhythm. And um, it took me a while to find my rhythm. Yeah, there was one website that's a friend recommended to me and I had a big order all put together and then I just wasn't like that jazzed about it. And I'm like, eh, I abandoned it. Like the, the cost yeah. of goods was really good too. But um, yeah, I feel like you've hit a sweet spot that I'm, I'm definitely not there. So I think you should talk about this. I honestly, I feel like I'm treading water a little bit lately. I'm just trying to stay afloat and I haven't really changed much. I have like the 10 habits that I'm trying to implement. (laughs) And um, right now I'm trying to get through graduation and get things settled with Lucky. And I feel like August is my month. I've traditionally loved August. It's a super motivating month for me. It's, Mm -hmm. I always start my academic calendar in the month of August. And so like, I I have a lot of stock in August. So I'm kind of riding out July right now. Yeah. I think with the online sourcing, now that I understand it better and I've grown comfortable with spending a little bit more and learning how to negotiate as a buyer with a seller. I think it's just opened my eyes to a lot of different things and it's made me a better um, seller as well. Like I'm more likely now to accept certain offers from um, a buyer just because I've gone through the experience. So I think just that alone, if you are a Poshmark seller and you want to see the sellers, I mean the buyer's perspective, you should, you should just do it. Just start sourcing. Don't worry about the offers that you're sending out. Um, and just started communication and dialogue. Like I was surprised. I actually recently bought a bundle on Poshmark and it was a woman cleaning out her closet and she had three pairs of um, Spanx leggings, like the fake fur, uh, fur, fake leather um, oh, yeah, yeah. leggings. So all three of them bundled together were $80 and I sent her an offer for 50 and she accepted. So awesome. you don't know, you just, you don't know. But it, it puts a lot of different things in perspective for me. I've been able to get inventory that maybe I wouldn't normally find. I've been able to get a lot of athletic wear that, um, you know, my local stores don't really have a ton of it. Or if they do, it's not stuff that I would personally sell. Uh, so it's it's been good. It's been bringing different items into my closet. And I think that if a shutdown were to happen, I'm comfortable enough with it from the last few months that I can just continue doing it and just go right back to online sourcing. That's great. That's yeah. great. And I always think it's good to be a buyer, no matter what. It's always good to be on the other side of whatever you're doing if you really want to have full perspective, you know? Yeah. I, I was so mad at myself. Do you want to hear a really like stupid Lori move? Um, this woman yeah. had a pair of Everlane shoes that I've been wanting. And um, oh gosh, what did she have them listed for? I can't remember, but I offered $30 less. Um, and she countered with like $75 back and then I countered again and then I lost it because somebody else wasn't being a lowball jerk like me and ended up getting them for like $68 and they, there were new and they were in, they, they're selling right now in the store for 118. I'm like, dummy, you should have bought them for 75. Like that was a fair offer she gave back. I've been, I've had a few of those moments too. I'm like, I should have just taken it. Why, why did I do that? You know? Well, because when somebody's offering you something good, you realize like, if it's something that you're excited about, there's a chance somebody else is. I mean, that's like, that's the excitement about getting like buzzworthy things in your closet. I'm like, Mm -hmm. they were new. It's not like they were used. Like now I'm going to be a schmuck and go to Everlane and pay $118 for them because I'm never going to find the color I wanted in my size new in box for $75. And like, so as a buyer, you can be greedy too, and then lose something. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely greedy as a seller. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings us to our next point is, um, pricing. Have you changed your pricing strategy to help with sales during this whole time that we've been in? Do you think you've been a little more I definitely softened everything. I mean, I feel like I'm still listing high and I'm wondering if I'm missing the mark by listing high. But I think anybody who follows me on social media knows that I'm pretty generous with offers or I'll give 20% really quickly. I mean, unless it's a super hot item, but um, I've always been good with my offers, but yeah, just in general, I'm not looking for like the, the triple my money factor much. I just want to move stuff because I have stuff to move, you know? And, um, so I've definitely softened and in, in it, you have to be, I mean, in my opinion, like, I feel like everybody's going through stuff right now. Is this really a time where I'm going to like nickel and dime somebody over five bucks? 
Yeah, and I think the other thing too is we're competing with all the retail stores right now that are offering amazing deals. So we almost True. like we were just talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean you can buy a brand new pair of Madewell jeans, maybe not necessarily the style that you love. I mean, they don't have they're like old, you know, they're the older styles or they're um, you know, overstock of a style that didn't sell well, but they're selling fifteen dollars. So I mean, you can yeah. find them. <laughs> Exactly. And I feel like just taking that little shopping trip to the mall with Ange, like really was like, wow. Um, I went into Francesca's and they had these like chunky cable knit, like slipper socks and the traction on the foot, like the rubbery part said, baby, it's cold outside. And they were, Angelina's like, mom, please tell me you're not buying those right now. And they were like six of them. I'm like, I am so buying these Ange. So they were, um, $24. $24. They were marked 98 cents. Oh my God. And they were 50 cents off. I'm like, hell yeah. Like I got six yeah. pairs for $3. I'm like, so those are either going to be given with like a gift card at Christmas or they'll be in my Poshmark closet. <laughs> so right. um, you know what I mean? But either way, but there are deals like this in the stores. Not that anyone's, you know, batting down doors for baby it's cold outside socks, but like they're cute, you know? So, right. And that was just a sliver. I mean, there were, you know, shoes and boots that were like $30 marked down to 15 and then half off. I mean, the prices at the mall was, were, were really crazy. Almost sad because they were like desperate, like the pricing. I know. I haven't been to the mall yet, but I was thinking about doing that this week just to take a walk around. So my mom did go to Macy's and she said the deals were absolutely insane. Like she bought so much new clothing for work that my mom doesn't ever buy clothes for work. Like my mom has the same pair of pants she's been wearing for the last 15 years. Like that's just my yeah. mom. She doesn't yeah. spend any money on herself um, unless my sister and I are buying it for her. She's not buying it. So when you know, I walked through Macy's, I will agree. I mean, there were shirts that were, you know, in the clearance section and, and the, your bottom line was like $3, $4. And I was, sh- but I was showing Anne, she's like, mom, I'm not like, it's still like Macy's brand. Like you're not seeing, I mean, I'm sure if I stayed longer, you'd see maybe some Tommy Hilfiger in there or like Ralph Lauren, but it's not like they really carry the brands that I sell but for the right price, maybe like, and then that gets into like, are you going to go into like lower tier and sell lower end stuff? Right. Well, I think it just puts it in perspective to all of us that resell that if the retail stores are selling things this at these price points, at these lower price points, we kind of have to give a little bit too and be okay with making maybe only double instead of tripling our money on certain things. You know, if I'm doubling, okay, I'm okay, I'm okay with that right now. I'm okay with doubling my money because it's better than it just sitting because I want that $75. I'll take the 50, I'll take the 45, you know? Yeah. I say it all the time. I regret not taking offers all the time. I never regret selling something. Right. Never. Right. Like I may be like, oh, I could have held out and gotten 10, maybe $20 even more, but I'm never sad when it's out the door. So I try to keep that in mind. Like, is this offer, like, is it going to make you happy when it's out of the house and frees up some space in your poor inventory bins that, you know, are screaming for more overflowing. <laughs> I mean, and I'm making sales. It's not like I'm, but I'm just like, you know, when you're shopping a lot, like I, I just, it's always the balance to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is a good segue too, for the next part of the questions that we have is like, are we starting to source differently to prepare for quarter four, but also catering to like what's going on in the world right now, focusing more on the comfort wear, new it tags, robes, leggings, like all this kind of stuff. And I know for me personally, I'm, I am, I mean, I'm focusing more on if I'm finding stuff that's new at tags that I maybe wouldn't normally pick up, but just given the climate that we're in, in our country, um, Christmas is going to be very different this year for a lot of people. Um, I think that, you know, you won't see people, I mean, Black Friday might not even happen. I don't know. You know, there's so many things that are going to be different about it that I just want to be as prepared as I can be in my closet. Um, And for me, that means having more items that are new at tags, bringing in some different brands that maybe I wouldn't normally pick up. Like, for example, Urban Outfitters, which I never really picked up because it was usually usually marked up, but the last few pieces I found were priced very uh, low because I found them at Salvation Army and some were new at tags. But let me tell you, Urban Outfitters sells within a day. <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. Absolutely crazy. So now I'm like, okay, so I know that does well for me. Great. I'm going to start picking it up. And I'm making like anywhere between 20 to $40 on a piece, which is wonderful. That's great. Um, you oh, know, I, Yeah. I mean, I'll, 
I'll sell $20 items all day long. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to get away from what I usually buy, right? Like if I find a really great luxury piece, I'm still going to get it because I wouldn't leave it behind. You know, I, I'm still going to get that. Right. But I'm being more aware of what's going on and making sure I'm having all different types of items at all different price points for various age groups too. So instead of just focusing on more of my younger to middle-aged woman who wears, you know, whatever, Eileen Fisher or wears Madewell, right? Like that's my client. My client is, I guess, I don't know what you would call her. She's mm. business casual, but also fun. <laughs> okay. Like likes to wear jeans, but then also has a day job and has to wear dress pants and a blouse. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's typically what I have besides some of my luxury items. And I think I'm picking up more fun athleisure patterns, like just trying to be a little different. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, I've never been a career wear person. Um, and I think both of our closets reflect both of our lifestyles. Like you yeah. have your day job where you have to dress up and you need that. And I have an 18 year old daughter. So I think I've, I've been picking up, um, you know, BDG and um, Under Armour, not Under Armour, um, Urban Outfitters. Like, I I have more of like a bohemian vibe, I would say. But I've I've always been a pretty casual. Um, I've had a pretty casual closet, and that that continues. Like that that just happens to be where I was at, and happens to be what's where other people are at now too. Like I was never one to pick up a ton of blazers and dress pants. Yeah. Um, I struggle with dress pants, but I, but when you find a good one, you find a good one. Like, you know, I, I sure. always check dress pants always because that's where there's some hidden gems. Sometimes I think people at stock at Savers in particular don't know if it's a dress pant or a jean because of the way that it looks. Um, yep. and you can find some good pieces in there. Pro tip. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's where those pants, the great were, but by the way, thank you to everybody who like, yeah. John I messaged real quick on that. I was like, what are you doing? Go back. <laughs> I know. It was so funny. I was, I was happy to go back. And like, it was so weird because I'm like, these look like they're pretty good. Like, would you guys have picked, like, <laughs> like staring at them? Like, I knew they were a good pair. I just didn't, I just didn't know how good, you know, but I was, I know the owner of the store. When I went back, he's like, you're back. I'm like, yes, I forgot something. He's like, I hope it's still here. Like and he sounded very suspended. I was like, I have a feeling it is because they were just kind of subtle in the middle of the, you know, khaki green pants. I don't think it's like a hot section in the thrift store. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, but so funny. But yeah, um, I do think it's going to be an interesting fourth quarter. Yeah, it's definitely, I don't know. It all depends on what happens over the next couple of months. That's really going to dictate what fourth quarter is going to look like. So it's it's hard to, I guess, plan accordingly because we don't know what it's going to be, right? I mean, my plan is to just list as much as I can. I would like to have another buy one, get one sale like I did for um, Thriftless February. Yep. When Angie goes back to school, um, like, so probably around Labor Day, um, I would like to do something like that just to jumpstart fall and clear out some stuff and then just like fresh start. We were just going to have Rocco at home. And, you know, I think he's going to be like on some sort of like alternating day schedule at school. So like, but at least, at least we'll have like some sort of structure, I think for a little bit. So yeah, I mean, for me, it's always like, I was a, I was like a not so strong participant of Becky Park's um, listing challenge because Lucky just took a bad turn midweek. But my first day I jumped on and I listed 25 items and I had like incredible sales that day and incredible sales the next day. And then I was like struggling to get three things listed. But I mean, anytime I'm listing, I'm selling. And if I'm listing 25 items, forget it, you know? And so I just need to get back into that consistency and that's gotta be my plan for the fall. Yeah, but I think you can also mix in there the relisting. So even if you're relisting, sure. Lori. You know. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, yes, that's part of it. But I think in my head, I'm always trying to get like the new listings in um, and yeah, then cross post I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Well, just because it, it gets things off of my rack and put into my inventory too. Like if the stuff's building up, like in my space, it takes up mental space as well, you know? 
you ever have those pieces that you just leave like for oh. me, you leave it in a bag or you leave it on the rack and it's been sitting there for like three weeks and you're like, I was really excited when I bought you, but now I really just don't even care and don't want to list you. I have like five pieces sitting in a bag that just keep sitting there because I just don't want to list them. And that, I, that's the danger of like oh. buying so much at once because in, and I, I haven't had a thrifting experience where there was so many good choices. Like, like I've yeah. had these past few and, and I was so excited, but at the same time, it's like every piece I choose to take home. I know the, I know how many times I have to touch that piece and I know how much work it's going to be. Yeah. So, um, I was, I definitely bit off a little more than I could chew with my, with my, um, shopping spree. I'm sorry. Yes, I, I'm losing my words. <laughs> I had quite, quite a shopping spree as well. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's nice. And, and with things, you know, I feel so bad for my friends out in California, you know, um, where the state is shutting down again. And I know I've talked to a few of my friends and they're like, well, all I'm doing is sourcing for the next three days. Like I just have to, yeah. and I mean, there are friends who never even got the, the green light whose area never opened thrift stores. So they, they have been straight through. And I mean, for California, I, I don't know when they're going to see the light. I don't know, but I hope it's soon. I hope it doesn't continue to soon. rise the way it is. All right. I have to go watch my finale of, um, yeah, as I say, we need to call it a night. <laughs> so do you want to do best and worst or is no, there... we can save that? We can save that for another episode. All right. We're leaving right, you guys guys. hanging. I'm sorry. Yeah. Lori's got a show to watch. Um, no, nine, honestly, I know. Honestly, I, no, I really meant I, we can do this. Are you sure? Yeah, no, I mean, that's why I was said I got my show, Let's Do Our Best and Worst, and oh. we'll, I just have to look at my sales. Sorry, why don't you start? What was okay. our best sale over the last week? I'm gonna All right, look. hold on, my best sale. I got to pull up my sales. Um, oh, actually, my best sale was on Friday night. It was like 10 o'clock, and um, a girl bundled two pieces that, their new tag. Mm -hmm. uh, one was a Madewell uh, pair of jeans that I actually found that day at, um, where did I find these? I found these at Savers. And then another piece was retail arbitrage, Eileen Fisher, um, cotton scoop neck sweater. So she bundled them both and she said, Hey, would you be open to offers? And I said, sure. Send me an offer. So the, um, the total price of the bundle was, let's do math, 72, 54, was $126. And she sent me an offer for 90. So I obviously accepted that. Um, fun fact, the Eileen Fisher sweater cost me um, $12 and the Maywell jeans were $5.49. So very happy with that purchase. Also, another fun fact, the Maywell jeans were a um, size 31 tall. So I know, Laura, you said that tall always sells really quickly for you. I, I sold two pairs of jeans in tall the day that I've listed them. Both yeah, just, it's supply and demand. There's just not a lot out there for tall mm -hmm. women. So I love picking up tall stuff. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. So that was a good one. That's really good. Yes. I am. Um, I'm looking quickly. I had, I had a couple bundles. I had a three piece bundle um, with a grandpa sweater that was, you know, I think probably bins, a Dave Matthews t-shirt that was Jay's, um, a t-shirt that I cropped. It was an American apparel, American apparel ringer t-shirt that I picked up because it said Wildwood. Angelina uh, did national competition at Wildwood, the Jersey Shore every year. So I had to buy the shirt. Oh, in my, in a Kate Spade bag that I got in my um, thread up box. So oh, I sold, it was a four nice. piece for 126. Nice. Um, but I mean, some of those pieces, like, you know, a, a Wildwood crop t-shirt that I did myself, like a DIY, one of Jay's old t-shirts. Like it was, a, that was a good one. Um, the best individual sale that I had were a pair of, I think, Madewell's. Funny, you should, I think, oh no, free people. Oh, I got these on retail arbitrage, some free people, um, high rise lace up skinny jeans. And I wasn't really sure um, if they would be a good buy because I don't really associate free people with anything form fitting, you know, and right. you know, their jeans run hot and cold. I've had a lot of free people jeans sit, but when I ran the comps on these jeans, they have like the, like lace up, right. The, like a black lace that, uh, that just goes right up the front and ties almost like football pants. And, um, anyways, they sold, I had them listed for 80 or 90 and someone sent me a $72 offer or I sent out $72 with discounted shipping and it sold. And I, I mean, 
they were listed for not very long. So $72 for a pair of free people jeans. That's awesome. I was just shocked. You just never freaking know. And this is why sometimes I price things high because you just don't know. But then on the flip side, things can sit forever. So. Oh, well, I just got someone, someone just offered me $50 on a coat that I got for free during um, quarantine that someone gave me in donations. I'm going to, going to accept that right now. Oh, right now. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I have it listed for 80, but I'll take the 50 because I don't, I just get it out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't true. care. Um, anyway, so let's do um, our worst sale. If there were any, I don't necessarily have a worst sale. I just have an item that's been sitting since when I first started reselling. So March of last year, um, a local um, establishment was having a sale to get rid of all the inventory that they had. And they had a bunch of handbags for $10 and I was a newbie and didn't understand anything yet. And I picked up a Dooney and Burke canvas uh, monogrammed bucket bag and it was, it's vintage. It was vintage, but it's like not desirable at all. It took me forever to get the smell of cigarettes out of it. I put so much time and effort into it. It's been listed forever and relisted and relisted and relisted. And I was just about to put in a thread up bag. Um, and it sold for $30 and I couldn't have been more happier to ship it out. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. That is great. So it was a a great sale. That is great. Those are, those are good stories. And I I still doubled my money. So especially when you put work into something, it's so nice to make a little bit back, you know? Yeah. So this is not a bad sale. I was very excited about this sale. I got a frozen Anna costume. Um, Oh, the little shawl from the bins. For a while, I would only pick up like frozen costumes at the bins because they would sell. But this one has sat for a while, but it sold for $15, little size four to six X. Nice. Random things in my closet. Yeah. So that was good. And I finally sold a, a coach bag that I've been dying to get rid of for 35 bucks. I was happy with that. I had a lot of old stuff sell. I mean, I think that's what's happening is I'm letting a lot of my old stuff go for like not yeah. a lot of money and I could not be happier. Um, oh. the next thing we have on the list is what's a surprising sale you had. And that's actually tonight. I had a very surprising sale. So there's a brand called AGL, um, shoe brand that is retail, super expensive, very cute shoes. I own a couple pairs that I thrifted. Can't sell them for the life of me on Poshmark. I, they just don't move. Um, well, I cross-listed these pair of, um, leather AGL flats, little belly flats. They're cute. They're like little scallops on the side of them in the leather. They're very pretty. Um, I I almost kept them for myself, but I didn't. I listed them like a a good girl. Mm -hmm. And they sold a Macari for full asking price of $75. Holy moly. Yeah. (laughs) I was so sorry. I was like, wait, what is that? Is this this real? $75? Okay. You're lucky if you can move those for $40 on Poshmark. So it's so neat to see what sells on different platforms, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I'm always surprised by full price sales. So yeah, I had a pair of UGG metallic flip-flop wedges that, um, I have probably sent offers as low as like $28. And, um, I wish I knew how many likes these had. Do they show the likes after you sell them? Um, anyways, they sold full price for $50 and I was psyched about that. And then, um, a good friend of mine, gave me a bunch of clothes and her clothes have been selling really well. And speaking of tall, I had a pair of gap black, um, extra large, um, denim overalls mm-hmm. and I like selling overalls. I don't like photographing them, but, um, those sold for full price, uh, of $55 as well. And, and you know, to sell gap for 55, I was pretty happy with that That's gap and UGG are both brands that don't move very fast for me. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I'm always surprised by a full price sale. Cause I just don't understand people who don't send offers, but I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. Do you have anything, Lori, that's been sitting for a while that you thought would have sold by now? We need a whole segment for that. Yeah, <laughs> we like really a whole, do. A whole new episode. An episode about that. We, we need should... a whole new episode on that. Yeah. Um, I could name like 20 pieces right now where I'm like, what, what did I do wrong? Like, I thought this was cool and everyone wanted it and it's just sitting there. I mean, it may be cool. You just, you know, I think timing is everything. Just like in relationships, you just haven't found the right buyer yet. Okay, Lori. Thank you. (laughs) It'll sell. (laughs) Everything always sells. Everything always sells eventually. It does eventually. (laughs) Just not on my time frame. (laughs) No, that I would agree with. Well, that was fun, Danielle. That was a fun episode. We always have the best time when we just are completely random. 
I know. I mean, we're always completely random. So <laughs> we hope you guys enjoyed this. And Thank you everybody so much for um, listening. Once again, we love it. Thanks yeah. for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. I will see you guys next week with the coffee talk. And uh, yeah, have a great week. All right, good night, everyone. Good, night. good day, wherever you yes, are. Good Bye. Whatever. Good morning. <laughs> Bye. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right. Well, first off, we want to thank everyone who started following Thrift- Thrifters Villa on Instagram. We had a thousand followers. That's crazy. Yes, That's isn't that crazy? It's like 1,014 or something, but crazy. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We don't really put too much count- content out on there, but we see everything you guys post and when you're resharing and all that fun stuff where you're adding us to your Instagram stories. So it's a lot of fun. Thank you to everyone who's following us. You know, we would like to build that page up eventually, but you know, we're still, we're still newbie podcasters. We'll get there. It makes me so happy to see where people are taking us. Like when we go on walks in the woods or rides to work, I love it so much. So definitely thank you for sharing, um, you know, your time with us. Yes. So, Laurie, it's been two weeks. How are you? You know, I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. Um, I've been, as I just mentioned, I've been busy with YouTube. I, I always have this difficult time, like, balancing. I feel like when I'm in a groove with YouTube, my reselling takes a little bit of a hit. If I'm, like, yeah. super focused on listing and posting and all that, I'm like, oh, my God, I have a YouTube video that's out in three hours. What am I going to do? I'm working on the balance, and then um, life's been busy. And so, yeah, I'm doing, oh, I'm doing okay. We're doing all right. How are I, you? <laughs> I think it's, um, just a touch on that, I think it's really tough to find the balance between all those different things, like between Instagram or whatever social media platform you use and YouTube and listing because our job, right, as a reseller is focused on putting items on the internet so that they sell. The more items you put out there, theoretically, the more items you're going to sell, right? It's that constant algorithm. You're making it happy, but you also need to make YouTube algorithm happy. You also need to make Instagram algorithm happy. So it's, it's just, it's tough. I've definitely taken a backseat on a lot of different things with social media just so I can focus more on the listing aspect because I've had some extra time. Yeah. I mean, sometimes at the end of the day, you have to look at like, what's going to make you money? What's going to make you happy? Like YouTube really makes me happy. Uh, Reselling makes me, it it all makes me happy, but um, I, I feel like I put a disproportionate amount into YouTube, but I really enjoy it. But like, like this week, my big focus is just staying home and listing because that, that has slacked off a bit. And, um, you know, I feel like summer is somewhat less predictable at home. I mean, <laughs> since March, our lives have been unpredictable, let's yeah. be honest. But I mean, in general, with like the flux of my kids, like in and out, like Anthony just got home from Penn State today. Um, he's been there for nine weeks. And then, you know, Angie is graduating next week, which we're excited about. But even with graduation, I feel like we've been talking about it forever. And yeah. we're just like, okay, let's just do this. You know, even Angie's yeah. over it. Like <laughs> we fought so hard for a live graduation. And then it's like, how are we going to manage the parties? And, you know, as I've been sharing, my my pup Lucky isn't doing well. And that's taken a ton of my attention. And I just like, you know, when somebody's sad, it's like nothing else seems to matter, you know? So I'm trying to like stay motivated and keep him comfortable. And it's been weird, but, but it is, it's life. It is life. It is life. We have no idea what the next upcoming months are going to be. We don't know what school's going to look like and everything's a big unknown right now. So we're just trying to take it day by day. Right. And focus on what we can focus on. Yeah. And I feel like listing and, and doing things consistently is what, what feels comfortable and what feels like home to me. So like when I have my routine and I'm in the basement and I'm doing my thing, it feels really good. It's almost like, it's like exercising. It's like, you know, when you do it, you're going to feel really good and it's going to give you energy and there's going to be a great outcome because of it. But like, sometimes it's like, 
damn, I didn't get past five listings today and I wanted to do 10 or whatever, whatever yeah. your goal is. For some of us, it's 20 listings. For some of us, it's 50. And for some, it's two. You know, whatever the number is, doesn't matter. It's just like trying to, to check off those boxes and get things done isn't always easy. Yeah. And I, I think it doesn't matter how many lists you create or what your game plan is in the morning. You try to stick to it the best you can, but life just throws different things at you and mm. you just go with it. Right. Which is also the beauty of what we do because, yeah. um, but it also is tricky because I am my own boss. So if I don't get it done, no one's going to hold me accountable. I have to hold myself accountable. So it's easy to put things off sometimes when you know, like, ah, oh, well, you know, I can list a little more tomorrow or whatever, but yeah, that, that's my focus for this week. So how has your shipping at night been going? Have you been doing it? I've been on Lori, FYI, to try to ship at night <laughs> instead of doing it in the morning. Um, I have actually been better. I've been printing my labels at night and pulling stuff, um, but that's I have helpful. been like packaging at night. And I think um, that has definitely helped me. One night before bed, um, I had plans with my girlfriend early in the morning. We were going walking and then I was going thrifting. So I had incentive and she's like, we, we have to be on the track at 8 a.m. And I was like, well, that's like early for me these days, like <laughs> considering shipping. <laughs> but that was like the one night that I actually like, and I had shoes and I had bundles, you know, stuff that requires a lot more than like a poly mailer that you throw yeah. it in. So, um, so yeah, so I was proud of myself for doing that, but no, you, you are a good reminder. I, I always say to people, I need all the reminders I can get. Yeah. I was shipping in the morning for the longest time. And then I realized why am I stressing myself out? Because I have to go to work in the morning, right? Whether right. I'm working from home or I'm going into the office, it doesn't matter. I have to start at eight 30, uh, between eight and eight 30. So why am I rushing around? So if I stay up an extra half hour at night, at least I got everything done. And then I just drop everything off at the post office in the morning and I don't have to worry about it anymore for the day. I just drop it off. It's on my way to work. Not a big deal. So yeah. that's just, what no, I'm it's, working. it's, it's one of those um, habits, you know, like if I think if I do it more frequently, I'll get into it. It's definitely a goal of mine, but you know, depending on the day, depending if it was a video release and I spent a lot of time like yeah. editing or answering comments on YouTube or I don't know, whatever, whatever is, come in my way. But yeah, it's a good habit. And for me, because I am home and I have porch pickups, like the postman picks things up for me. I mean, that is like my motivation in the morning because they're at my house between, they're getting earlier, like between 9.30 and 10 a.m. So um, it's always out the door by then. But there are cases where like I miss one or two packages because I hear the mailman coming up the hill and I'm like, damn it. <laughs> and I'm like packaging up the last things that I literally put as I fin as I package my stuff up, I put it on my porch, like as I go, because I'm worried that, you know, if I'm on package number six and yeah. I don't have one through five outside or one through two, whatever it is, um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to miss the guy. So it, it's happened more times than I'd like to admit, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get that. I can't wait till we have a house so I can do porch pickup and I don't have to worry about driving to the post office every day. Yeah, it is. It is. It is nice. Um, and it adds, sorry, Lulu's scratching, of course, um, her annual, her weekly visit. Come on yeah. in, baby. Um, it adds some structure to my day, which is nice, you know, because at least I know that has to get done. But on the flip side, and this is what I said in one of my videos about, you know, 10 steps to get organized for fall. Um, you know, when you do have that done and you wake up and it's done for me, that opens my whole morning for me. So it would really, it would really be a game changer for me. Lulu, in or out? Come on. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She's a girl and she's indecisive. She hears you talking and she's confused. Hi, Lulu. <laughs> she's so fresh. So tell me so, how have things been for you? Um, pretty good, actually. You know, I've had some extra time on my hands because um, I've been working from home here and there, and it's allowed me to be a little more, um, I guess, allow me to have more time when it comes to reselling, which has been really nice, and it's kind of opened my eyes to different things, and I've been able to source a little bit, which we'll talk about sourcing. That's like a whole other topic. Um, and how it's been for us around here. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I've been able to put in 
the time that I never really was able to put in the last four or five months. And I'm noticing a big difference between my sales and the interaction that's going on on the app. I've been able to cross list more to eBay and Macari. So I think I'm going to eventually at some point when I have more experience in Macari, create a video and how I kind of, Macari was never really on my radar. Like I would post things on it, but it was never something that I spent time on. Like I'd post one or two items here or there when I felt like it. And the last three weeks I've been really consistent with it. And um, Macari is really amping up. I mean, they have a bunch of advertisements on YouTube. Every other ad is a Macari ad. You see it on TV. You're seeing it everywhere. Um, I think there's just a lot of people, a lot of users that are now on the app. And I've been making quite a few sales on there. So it's been nice to kind of experience a different app that allows for different types of items to be sold outside of Poshmark. It's really like Poshmark and eBay had a baby and Macari was born kind of thing. Yeah. Actually, Courtney did a video and that's exactly what she said about it. Yeah, that's that's what it has. So it has analytics, which is great, which is similar to eBay. Um, you can see the viewers, you can see the likers, you can send out offers. Um, uh, what's his name? Jacob on YouTube. I don't know if he has like a channel or anything, but he had just mentioned in Tori and Bill's live today that Macari is working on a bundle feature. So I think that will be great because now okay. you're merging some of Poshmark features into it. So I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to grow and um, I'm going to stick with it. You know, I'm going to give it a, a few months and see how it goes right now. It seems to be going really well. Um, it's another source of income. Why not? And, and that's great. And it's, I'm happy that you're having some success over there. And I just think it's nice that they're a young enough company that they're kind of quick to make changes. And it's yeah. almost like they can learn from the, the mistakes and the, yep. the perks of the, the two platforms that they're, they have their eyes on, you know, being Poshmark and eBay and kind of take what works for both of the platforms and apply it to theirs. Um, What I will say about Mercari is um, when I was nannying for my little baby boy a couple of years ago, um, the mom um, who I've mentioned a couple of times in my video, she's a sweetheart. um, She, she tried Poshmark and was just like, I can't move stuff on Poshmark to save my life. And um, she just said, I, but that, but I'll throw things on Mercari and they'll sell or I'll, throw things up on um, Facebook marketplace and they'll sell. And so for whatever reason, I feel like Mercari is like a less intimidating platform to jump on because there's not the sharing and stuff. Oh my gosh. Who wants to talk to you? I'm so sorry. It's Rocco out of friends. Rocco, honey, I'm recording my podcast, love. Can you call daddy? All right. Love you. No problem. Bye. I am so sorry. It's fine. The only time my phone ever rings is if it's one of my kids needing something. <laughs> um, so anyways. Um, by, Mar- by Rocco. What? It's a guest appearance by Rocco. Yes. yes. Actually, he was in my video that I posted tonight and I edited him out. And he's like, thanks, mom. <laughs> it was like literally 10 minutes before I posted. It was like right in the beginning, like my little intro. And he got, he got axed in the editing room. I feel bad. <laughs> I'll keep I'll keep them in the podcast. <laughs> That's so kind of you. Um, yeah, so she seemed to just be very comfortable. Like she almost looked at Mercari as just like a simple thing to try out. So I will say, when it comes to that. listing, Mercari is probably the easiest. Now I do I use List perfectly. Um, so I mean that adds that already adds an element of it being easier, right? But in terms of like the actual listing process, it's very simple. It's a very simplistic. Um, format and it's very mm-hmm. easy and they feel like so it will generate a brand for you just given off of whatever you have in the description of the title which oh, is wow. yeah so that's nice I mean it's a little thing it doesn't take long to search for something right but mm-hmm. still helpful that it's there um yeah I don't know I I like it I think it's a um streamlined version of Poshmark and eBay put together that's, that's really what it comes down to. So that was cool. I had three sales tonight on there, like back-to-back sales, which has never happened before. Um, awesome. So that was really nice. Uh, Poshmark has been really good too. Also, I will say I've noticed the things that are selling on Poshmark. So there's two things I've noticed. One, a lot of sales from California, Florida, New York uh-huh. City, which would be in Texas. Up. Yep. And Texas. So the places where people are at home for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Um, mm-hmm. lots of sales from there. Uh, some local ones too, which is nice. So shout out if you listen and you bought for me. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've also noticed that people are buying jeans, boots, coats, like people are starting to think fall. Oh um, God, so sure. I'm, I'm glad that I've 
been stocking up with a lot of fall winter stuff. I didn't really buy a ton of summer stuff just because I had a feeling there wouldn't be a ton of those types of sales coming in. So, you know, it makes me feel good with the choices I made when it came to sourcing. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in the past couple of weeks in my what sold video for the month of um, June, that was one of my trends that I noticed in my own sales was how many winter pieces I was selling. Yep. Like hardcore winter coats and wool sweaters and things like that, that were in crazy. But, you know, I'm also having some bathing suit sales um, this month as well. But definitely I stocked up on a ton of jeans. I just think fall is the best time of year for fashion. I think a lot of people would agree. Mm -hmm. Everybody loves the jeans and the boots and the cozy sweaters and the pumpkin spice lattes. It's just a vibe, you know? And so I think everybody is always ready. And I, I think where a lot of people just couldn't do their typical vacations this year, um, maybe some of the summer wardrobe pieces took a hit. Yeah. Well, there's definitely no shortage of leggings being sold either because everyone's lounging. So sure, for sure. buy that comfort wear, that's for sure. Yep. Um, so how's sourcing been, Lori? Because I know we've had a discussion on this and we've broken up with the store. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and that was so funny. I'm like, I have broken up with savers. And yeah. Daniela, to which Daniela responded, we're on a break. Yeah, we're on a break. We, we, we separated. It's, it's been, we were on a break. Um, yeah. So I did a thrift with me a couple weeks back and was sharing some prices and like, I'm like, I feel like every time I go, I still find things. So I'm not leaving, I'm not leaving the store like angry and like, they suck. Their prices are ridiculous. But like the last time I was there, it was laughable. Like I wasn't even angry. I'm like, this is just crazy. So, and I feel like the selection wasn't there. I feel like I just kind of hit a wall. I was doing all right with savers for a while. And then I felt like I hit a wall. I, I had done a couple stints at Salvation Army when I got all that new with Tag Zara stuff. And I was kind of like riding that wave a little bit. And then when I went back to savers, cause I felt like I had been away for a little bit, that's when I was met with all the price increases and such. And I was just like, kind of like, whatever, I, I just, I'm going to go somewhere else. And then I went to my little honey hole and spent literally $400 over three trips and yeah. felt like it was like my best sourcing I had done since before quarantine. And so like, I'm like, savers who, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, who are you anyways? It's so, so I think go in waves. It's just so frustrating because you see all the donations when you pull up to Savers. I mean, there are bins and bins and like just filled to the brim with bags of stuff. And it's like, so are people just donating anything and they're just putting it out on the shelf or are they that behind on processing inventory or are they like, I don't know. I don't know what, I, I don't know anymore. Well, the last time I went was on a Sunday. So their ops team in, in the one yeah, that's close well, to me doesn't work. So they're not putting new stuff out. So Sunday is always kind of a leftover day, but it's also relatively quiet. And, you know, Jay offers to do the groceries and says, you can go to Savers if you want. So I'm never, <laughs> 10 out of 10 times, no. never going to say no to that. Um, so you know, I didn't find too, too much, but when I'm there during the week, they're putting stuff out, they're putting new product out. I think the problem I have with the really high prices at consignment stores, and I, I say this to myself and I share this with my audience sometimes, like I have to keep in mind, it's not their job to supply me with my inventory. Yeah. That is not their goal. So I can't be mad at them for trying to recoup some of the costs and the money that they lost. But on the flip side of that, I think they, everything they get is a donation. Like I understand consignment stores that have prices that are a little hefty because, you know, they have to pay their consigners. They're only getting half of the money. And I mean, I'm sure Savers isn't getting a hundred percent, but you know what I mean? Like it's but they're a corporation. <laughs> like yeah. and corporation. I mean, they, they, everything they get is a donation. As far as I know, I mean, maybe they buy out like targets. Yeah. I think you, you there's some of that going on too, you know, but Overall, it's like, it seems to me, I even know in my own Poshmark closet, like sometimes when I glance through my closet and my prices are high, I'm like, geez, maybe I should make an adjustment here. Like, do I want to sit on inventory that I'm pricing high or do I want to move stuff? Because I have a warehouse full of donations, you know what I mean? 
Right. Well, the other thing too, and I think the thing that bothers me the most about it all, and I mean, we could talk about this for hours, is that there are, so we're resellers, so fine, but people are, are going in there that aren't resellers, that are trying mm -hmm. to buy items to clothe their family or themselves or whatever, right? When I see a pair of American Eagle jeans for $19.99 that are older, an older style, someone mm -hmm. can go to American Eagle when they're on sale and get them for the same price, their new tag. I was there yesterday with Angelina. Funny you should say that. We went to the mall and um, the prices, man, are so inexpensive at the mall. Right. Like anybody who's not doing retail arbitrage right now. You need to start. <laughs> There is just so much out there that they are like giving away. So they had an entire rack of obviously new with tag um, jeans at American Eagle. They were $24.99. Well, I list used pairs at $30, $35. So, I mean, I think it's important to do shopping like that once in a while for my own self to keep myself in check. Like, geez, Lori, who do you think you are? You're selling used American Eagle for $35 and it's here for $25, you know? Right. So I'm in the same boat sometimes. Like, but I think... I think it's just very tumultuous right now everywhere. I think retailers are really hurting. We don't know which way we're going necessarily. I mean, I think that, you know, we do in a sense because online reselling is booming and I think yes. it's going to continue to boom. But there are other players in the game besides resellers. So, um, yeah, the landscape is just constantly changing. It's pretty exciting. It's been changing so fast. It's changing so, so fast right now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I've definitely found different ways to source. I've found different places to go, new little places to seek out, a lot of um, retail arbitrage. I mean, just the prices at DJ Maxx and Marshalls alone on so, and the stuff that they've been getting in, like mm. items that they typically don't have at my TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Every TJ Maxx and Marshalls in this area that I live in has runway pieces now. Ones that yeah. never even carried runway now have it. And it's just all marked down to like anywhere between 15 to like $75, depending on the piece, right? What I also noticed about runway at the stores that don't have like a designated section is it's just mixed in with like yes, or yes, average so, stuff. So if you don't have a runway section, like yep. you're flipping through and you see the purple tag and you're like, this is runway and this is not yep. a runway store. So yeah, it's been interesting. It definitely, definitely has been. But anyway to the topic that we're going to talk about today. <laughs> um, so Lori and I, like we said, we've been working on just different types of content. And I've talked about before, like, not that I'm lost on YouTube, but I, I don't fit a certain mold on YouTube. And, I, and that's okay. And I found an outlet to just kind of help me kind of get in the groove of creating um, quick, informative content on Instagram, which then I can translate to a YouTube video and kind of go more in depth with. So I've been doing that. I did probably three or four posts so far on mm -hmm. my um, Instagram of different types of content. I just released a video too. Let me just pull this. I don't even remember what I named any of them. So the first one that I did on Instagram was how to navigate a thrift store, which I think is going to be my next video. Um, data analytics, marketing strategies, reselling 101, which is what I did my latest YouTube video on. And then creating listings is the newest Instagram post that I did. So I found like, this is just a way for me to be creative and teach people in text format and give like little blurbs in an Instagram post, but then go more in depth on YouTube and be able to use my teaching and creativity in that aspect and make them short videos so people can digest the information easily. And mm -hmm. I think I've kind of found like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Like I, I never really knew where I fit within the reselling world when it came to creating content, but I think I'm just meant to teach people what I've been learning and give them those quick tips that even as a seasoned reseller, sometimes we forget. Um, like even when I was creating some of these things, I'm like, oh yeah, I probably should do this, huh? Okay, let me, let me, I'm going to write this down. Like this is something that everyone should be doing and I need to start implementing it too. Or maybe I used to do it and then I stopped because... I got lazy or whatever. So it's actually been helpful for me to create these little bits of content because it's reassuring that I'm doing the right thing or it's pushing me to do something that I don't normally do to help my business. So it's been fun. Well, that's great. And it's nice to have dual purpose content, something that, you know, you can talk about on Instagram and then bring over on YouTube. Leslie talks about that all the time. Yeah, it's it helps me to not have to worry about okay, what am I going to do on YouTube? 
like what I don't know what I want to talk about. I don't really have anything to talk about. This gives me purpose. And I've already created so much of the content on Instagram that I can just slowly pull from it and make little blurbs on YouTube. And I think like a short 10, 15 minute video is fine. Like I don't need, I don't need to be super long. I just need to explain a little bit more about whatever it is that I am talking about on Instagram. So yeah, I think the length of videos, it, it varies a lot. I mean, sometimes you can get your point across quickly and then other times they're long, you know, it just, yeah, it depends. Yeah. It just, it, it's whatever works for you, you know? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. I have found your stuff to be really informative. I've liked the, like the, what do you call them? Info? Yeah. Like infographics. infographics. Except they're not really an infographic because I have it in separate slides, but whatever. Same, same thing. You can save it. And, you know, I did that too with the YouTube video. I made sure I put the Canva link um, in the description. So if someone wants it, wants to print it out and like make a binder of different types of quick tips, it's there for them. They can just click on the link and then they get the printable version of it and they're good to go. So that's the teacher in me though. Like I want, if I'm going to do anything with the content I'm creating for reselling, I want it to be able to assist someone who's trying to grow their reselling business and in turn help myself too, because I forget some of the stuff sometimes. We get so wrapped up in everything else, right? That sometimes the basics just go to the wayside. Yeah, like I think just going going through, I mean, similarly with the videos that I've been doing with my process, just kind of um, forcing myself to look at, well, what is my process? And my video that went out today, I think was the one that was trickiest for me because I don't feel like I've really ever covered that um, chunk of time, like bef- when it comes home and then yeah. uh, before I start photographing. I've done like how I take pictures. I've talked about shipping. I've talked about, thr- I've done plenty of thrift with knees, you know, that sort of stuff. But I feel like today's um, segment was, was an area that I wasn't as familiar with my process. I mean, I'm familiar. There's a lot of overlap, but um, it's interesting to kind of just reflect and see what works for you and see how things are changing. You know, I, I did learn, not that I learned, it's just something I never thought of from your video that you released tonight um, was to screenshot the stock images from the computer and then create the listing. Yes. Like I would never think to do that. I don't know why. So I, I, one thing I do want to mention about listings, I did do a post about listing. I want to stop listing from my phone as much as possible because it's really starting to irritate my nerve, my left hand again. And I need to like, just start doing it on the computer. I need to. My, gosh, my right thumb is forever damaged. I, I say it all the time. Like it, it just throbs. It's like a chronic pain now in yeah. my right thumb. Yeah. It's really I, I bad. I need to find a different Way yeah, so the more I can do on my computer, I'm the same with um, Instagram as well, you know. So, yeah, that is something I started to do because I would create a draft. And if you don't have your cover photo on Poshmark, you can't save the draft. You need an image. So sometimes I would literally just like take a selfie just to save the image. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, that's not as productive, you know, like I, because I would want to get my um, information down when I'm sitting down and doing my research. Um, And yeah, and I do it a lot when I'm out shopping too. Like if I'm running comps and I find a comp and I know I'm going to buy the piece, I just take a screenshot of the comp, whether it's, you know, an image or a description or website, like I need to go back to Nordstrom Rack when I get home and grab this description or whatever it is. It just saves time and you're already looking it up. I mean, I, I think I mentioned in my video, like I probably run comps like three different times, like when I'm at the store then when I'm sitting down to research and write stuff down, I might like quickly look at comps to like think of where I'm going to price it. And then I'm going to go downstairs and take my photographs. Um, and sometimes I don't always do the research up front, but you know, if there are stock photos or there's information or I need to, I need to do a little bit more research on a piece, I'm not going to sit down at my computer and research a soft and sexy t-shirt from American Eagle. Right. right. Um, you know what I mean? Like I may try to find a photo on it, but it's not anything I'm going to dig into in research. Um, so, but there are in, in these past few hauls, I had a ton of items that I just didn't know the brand and it was new to me, but I knew it was good. So I had to like sit down and see, you know, just read more about the brand and, and figure things out that way. So yeah, it's, it was a tough one to explain though, because I feel like it's, it was a lot of talking, but I got it through. I, you know, I thought it, it was helpful. I enjoyed it. 
I'm glad. Well, thank you. Yeah. So the, the general term of it, the, it was called intake, you know, yeah. it was part three of the process in from the store to your door and intake is the time from, you know, walking. So that was the part I cut Rocco out of was when I was walking into the kitchen with my bags yeah. and I cut him out because my, my car was a mess and my garage was a mess and I didn't want everybody to see all of my messiness. <laughs> So Rocco, people would appreciate your messiness. (laughs) No, it was really bad. I have to get my car detailed. It looked like I just went to the beach and like half the beach came home with me. That's what my car looked like. So So, Lori, why don't you tell everyone about this YouTube series? I know we've kind of hit upon it here and there while we're talking, but uh, I think it was a really great idea on your part to kind of, it gives newbies and even people like me who've been around for a little bit, just something to look at and kind of evaluate our own businesses on? Yeah. Well, like a few videos back, I can, I can chat about, um, I don't even know what I was talking about, but I was, I think I said something like, I, you know, I've been wanting to talk about my process and I just don't know if that's something people are interested in. Like for a long time now, I've just wanted, I think I did it in one video, like from the time I walked through the door until I shipped something, but it was very abbreviated, you know? So I wanted to get into more detail because I actually, you know, I get a lot of questions about real specific parts of my process, like what works. Like somebody messaged me today and said, I watched your video on bundling and I noticed that you send a comment, you, you send a message to your potential buyer before you send them an offer. Is there a reason for that? And if so, why? I was like, that's interesting. I'm, I never thought about that. You know, I, I don't know why. She's like, I always send the offer first and then send a message. And I noticed you did the opposite. And I'm like, I've never really given it too much thought except for when I write a comment in first and say, I'm going to send you a 30% offer or I'm going to send you a great offer, be on the lookout. I feel like it builds a little bit of anticipation. And sometimes I'll do it literally two seconds later. And other times, like I might respond to other comments or share my closet or do whatever and then come back and send them an offer. I don't know why I do it, but I mean, it's funny to me, the things that people pick up on and have questions about that I just take for granted or never really address um, in YouTube videos. So I said, you know, do you think anybody would be interested in, would anybody be interested in seeing my process? And there were quite a few people that expressed an interest. So I'm like, all right, let's do this then. So then I just kind of broke down, you know, what, how could I divide a series? Like how many videos would it take? to share my experience. And I think because I had so such a fruitful sourcing week, I ended up doing two videos. And in the first one, I introduced like my five strands of sourcing, the things I look for in sourcing. So I look for, um, what did I say? It's, um, there were three C's and an S. Um, so cost, condition, um, comps, brand, and style. So those are like the five things that I'm looking for when I'm shopping. And you know, I express that like the the home runs are the ones that hit all those categories. And then there are most of the stuff that we pick up may check off a couple of the boxes, but not all of them. And that's where our judgment comes in and just kind of my process. So I talked about that in the first video. And in the second video, when I did a second haul, I kind of, I talked about what was my why, like what boxes did these items check when I was picking them up. And then today was the um the intake and then my next video is going to be on photographing and listing and then the final video is going to be shipping and packaging and my sad inventory system (laughs) it's going to end on a down note (laughs) so Lori and i were actually just talking about our inventory system today because i actually get to see Lori today which was very nice yes so our friend Jen had her baby shower today. Everything was very socially distanced. We were very safe. <laughs> we had masks that were very cute. Um, they gave masks as favors, which was I the know. thing ever. It was very cute. It was a very nice day to um, just be with friends and be a little normal, right? So Lori and I were actually talking about the inventory systems. And I had said to Lori, I'm at the point now because just I just don't have the space to do the inventory system that I want. Um, my inventory system is, okay, this bin is all the stuff that I bought within the last two weeks because that's just how I remember it. So if I have all the items that I've bought within the last two weeks all together, I know exactly where to go because that's how my brain works.